0: Hey, Ruben.
1: yeah very well thank you
0: yeah i don't know quite how to follow that introduction we're not getting paid the same level as year and, so, and certainly for this gig but anyway it's uh, really good to see everybody this morning uh it's going to be a bit different as you can see we've transformed the uh church uh, building into a bit of a sort of one what do we call it the one studio one show one show the one show there we go uh anyway um so i'm paul uh i'm one of the connect group leaders in the church if you don't know me and i'm married to karen i've got two sons um over to you
1: yeah I'm Ruben I'm also one of the connect group leaders um and I help out with the Alpha course as well which I really enjoy doing uh we were joking when we were preparing that we both did history at university so uh, we have a history lesson for you um yeah we couldn't have it we couldn't
0: have the uh, we couldn't have it with a bit of history in there so uh, yeah look out for that as we go along um we have scripted this but it may not be entirely seamless so you <laughs> have to bear with us and also uh, we're hoping that god prompts us as we're going through so we may go slightly off script in places but hopefully that's uh, to everybody's good um we're going to break bread this morning as uh, ian introduced uh, but before we do that we going to use one corinthians as a sort of framework for unpacking what does communion mean and what are the different dimensions to that and what can we think about as we come into uh, breaking bread this morning but before we do that i wanted to um, do a little quiz so um on the screen there are six famous buildings from around the world and while i'm talking for the next couple of minutes uh have a look at the pictures and see if you can work out which is which some are some are relatively easy then i've thrown in a couple of curveballs just to make it a little bit more interesting uh and see how you get on so uh, why have i put all those up on the screen well uh one of the things that we're going to look at in communion this morning is that communion is about remembrance isn't it and i was reflecting on that before and i thought This is a bit, uh, humans are big at remembering things, aren't they? If you think about it, we remember things all the time, whether that's birthdays or wedding anniversaries, or um, we sort of, we remember who sponsored the wing of the art gallery, or who opened the hospital, um, or when did Everton last win the FA Cup, or whatever it is. (laughs) There you go, see, he knows, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, But one way that, that we remember things is actually through buildings and memorials, which is uh, what's behind me here. So I'm gonna have a look around the room here to see have we we managed to mentally try and answer the, have we identified our six buildings? Just thinking if I've given people enough time. He's got one, okay, we've got a few nods. So look, what I'm gonna ask you to do here and at home is be really honest and mark your own homework. And then we're gonna try and use the Zoom chat feature to see uh, how you got on. So now I've got to go to my crib sheet to remember uh, which is which here. So number one was quite hard. Uh, So number one is the Wallace Monument in Stirling that was built in the 19th century when the Scots had this kind of start of nationalist revival. So it celebrates William Wallace, if you remember the Braveheart film. Uh, Yeah. And And inside the monument now, I looked this up on Wikipedia this morning, there's now a Scottish Hall of Fame. I don't know how big that is, but anyway, that's that's enough on that one. (laughs) (laughs) right number two number two is the Pyramids of Giza they're the oldest ones on the list so they I discovered from Wikipedia were built in 3000 BC um to various pharaohs that I can't name so well I could name them on Wikipedia but I can't pronounce them so (laughs) (laughs) total Giza, says Dave number three number three is Mount Rushmore you get a bonus point if you know which state in the United States that's in so that's South Dakota And it's got four US presidents. So we've got uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. And I think the sculptor, and Donald (laughs) Trump just out of shot. (laughs) Right, number four, number four is another slightly tricky one. Maybe we've got the Albert Memorial in Kensington Gardens. So that's the memorial that was put up in the 1870s for prince albert if you remember that was queen victoria's husband yeah number five yeah. taj mahal yeah. says Jeeves. Well <laughs> and what's famous about the taj mahal Jeeves? World. it is it's also the largest memorial in the world to a woman yeah. so that was built in the 1630s <laughs> for now i'm going to pronounce this really badly so excuse me but it was built. It was commissioned by Shah Jahan for his wife Mumbaz Mahal. I probably pronounced that completely wrong. So, that's, <laughs> so there you go. And lastly, we've got the Arc de Triomphe, which was built firstly to commemorate the French Revolutionary War and Napoleon and the Napoleonic Wars, and then the French kind of converted it a bit so that it's now the sort of the national memorial to anybody that's fallen. Uh, in, in battle in france so that's kind of like their equivalent of the cenotaph with whitehall so there you go uh, so if you've your own homework we'll um, we'll find out later on the zoom chat how you got on uh, see if anybody got six uh, anyway so that that's just a little kind of introduction about memorials and remembrance and how around the world we have different things don't we where we remember people or uh, famous events from the past uh what we're going to do today though is look at uh, what we would consider to be the most important event in history and in fact was a defining moment in history about jesus living and dying and rising again and the contrast between these memorials which are all about people who are dead or things in the past communion is an act of remembrance about jesus who is alive and about an event that's transformed history past present and future Anyway, we're going to hand over to Reuben now, and he's going to talk to us a bit about, before we start looking at that passage from Corinthians, actually think about Corinth and uh, why the letter was written and what was going on at the time, because it'll help us understand the letter.
1: Ruben. Yeah, great. Um, so it's helpful just to remember that Corinth is uh, a real place um, with real people uh, that Paul was writing to in this letter. Uh, so Corinth is a large port city in Greece, Um, They're trying to follow people, trying to follow Jesus in the midst of uh, lots of Greek and Roman gods. Um, And Corinth is part of the Roman Empire. Um, It's a very mixed community of Jews and Greeks um, and lots of temples, lots of of eating and drinking associated with those temples as well. If you read the rest of the letter, you'll uh, hear a little bit about that from Paul. Um, And so the church in Corinth was started by Paul uh, and you can read about that in Acts chapter 18 um around twenty years after Jesus' resurrection. So that's around AD fifty. Um, and the church was really gifted, um, but there are also some significant problems and that's why Paul is writing this letter. Um, although it's called 1 Corinthians, uh, he refers in 1 Corinthians to other letters he's written. So he may have written three or four letters to Corinthians, but we've only got two of them uh, in our Bibles. Um, and So that was probably written a few years later, maybe five years after Paul started the church um, and he um, helps them to tackle uh, various questions um, that they asked and also uh, problems with divisions um, and how they were just treating one another as Christians. um, And some of the problems that they were facing Um, and one of those is to do with how they practiced communion, uh, which they would have had, um, they wouldn't have had a church building, they would have met in people's houses, they would have eaten together and then uh, had communion. Uh, together as well so yeah it's just really helpful to remember it's a real place with real people um and uh, there's just been a seamless change of microphone, paul so uh, it's time to uh to read the passage and just to think about that uh, from one corinthians uh, chapter 11. so we're going to read that now
0: all right thanks Reuben. um so if you've got a bible uh you might want to look up one corinthians 11. Uh, we're going to put it on the screen as well um so you can uh, follow along with us um we're going to read some verses from Corinth where Paul is teaching uh, the church about communion and what, well, what it means and how to go about it. So that's quite an appropriate way to frame our talk today. So we are going to read from 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's
1: death till he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. That person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world.
0: right thanks Reuben so that passage the start of it's probably words that are, are, are quite familiar because Paul's quoting from the Gospels and if you've been to uh, communion services in other churches that those verses that we wrote read at the start are quite familiar um parts of scripture that people read out but the, the second part of the passage is somewhat more challenging and is um, perhaps read out less often so we've got to unpack this a bit in kind of six sections, uh, based around the word "look." So the first one we're going to look at is looking back, and that's that's the link that we'd already, or the theme that we already started to explore, and this idea of remembrance, and Paul quoting those verses as I said, from Scripture about doing this in remembrance of me. So communion is about reminding us about what Jesus did with his disciples the night before he was betrayed and before. Uh, the Easter story begins and that he chose the Passover meal to, to do that and for the people at the time that would have had real significance because the Passover meal itself was a remembrance it was remembering back to when the Israelites were in Egypt and if you remember from uh, Exodus 12 when the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt and God had t- promised them they'd be delivered and then Moses is having this dialogue with Pharaoh to allow the Israelites to leave Egypt. And long story short, a, they send lots of plagues. And the last plague that God sends is the angel of death. And the Israelites are forewarned about this. And they're told, amongst other things, to sacrifice a lamb and to use the blood of the lamb over the, their doorpost, so that when the angel of the Lord, Lord descends on the nation, that it, that the, angel, the angel of death will pass by the Israelites and won't kill the, their firstborn sons. But there's decimation right across Egypt from the poorest to the richest even Pharaoh's son dies through that nobody is spared except those that are covered by the blood of the Lamb so there's a lot of imagery here around that connection back to the Passover and it's not just imagery it's actually that the Bible tells us that Jesus is called the Lamb of God and indeed, John the Baptist, when he first sees Jesus in John 1, verse 29, actually says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, the first theme this morning about communion is this idea of remembrance. That we're remembering that Jesus lived and died and rose again, and that because he was a, both man and God and he was perfect, he, was, he took away the sin of the world. He took your sin and my sin and everybody's sin, all the wrongdoing in the world. He took on him and took it away. So as we come this morning, let's use it as an act of remembrance. And perhaps if you're watching this and that's news to you, you might want to pause for a moment and reflect on that and think about what who Jesus is and is, that, is, it someone, is he someone that you want to be in control of your life. People in the room here have, and the people on the call have given their life to Jesus because of what he's done. And we just invite you now to do the same. And if that's you, then we'll pause for a moment, give you an opportunity to do that. And then there are really, Ian's very helpfully uh, given us this way of doing that, about saying sorry for all the things that you've done wrong. Thanking Jesus for what he's done and inviting him in to be in control. Thank you, God. Jesus so if that was you then there's an opportunity at the end in the zoom chat if you if that's something that you want to talk to someone about then uh, go on the zoom chat and we can put you in a prayer room and uh, there'll be somebody there to to talk to you there's an opportunity later on in the meeting okay uh reuben i think we're on to you number two
1: Great. Um, Yeah, so our second look is look in. Um, In verse 28, Paul tells the Corinthians that uh, they should examine themselves before they take the bread and the wine. Um, He talks about um, the danger of doing that in an an unworthy manner. And I think that means that people were going into communion not really thinking about what it meant uh, or what, um, or really what they were doing. Uh, They were used, I think, to, uh, before they were Christians, to... um, massive feasts in temples and to just eating and drinking to excess and they kind of maybe carried that over into communion um and that might not be a danger that we face but um it's possible that we just drift into communion without really thinking about what it means um and so we too need to examine ourselves and to think about our attitudes um as we come to communion uh to remember what it's really about um and so it's not just a little ritual that we do occasionally um it's actually a really significant time to uh, remember what Jesus has done for us to repent and to recommit ourselves to following him um so we can't just drift into it Uh, we have to remember that communion is a really awesome thing it's so simple and it's so incredible what we uh, get to do um, as part of that so I'd encourage you before we uh, take it today that we um do remember what Paul was just saying that this is a memorial uh, to Jesus remembering what he's done not to those kind of dead heroes but to uh, Jesus who is alive uh, forever um and then the second part of examining ourselves I think is to uh, remember that communion is a really good opportunity for us to see how we're doing following Jesus um to kind of consider uh, whether we've been doing well or whether there are things that need to change in our lives um and it's important to remember as we do that as we kind of examine Ourselves as we look into our own hearts and what's going on in there, that we start and finish actually at the cross at what we're remembering. Um, so if you look in uh, to your heart um, this morning and you think, oh, I'm doing quite well, actually, uh, Jesus is doing a lot of things in my life, that's not a cause to congratulate yourselves for, for that. Um, but equally, if you look in and you think, oh, there's a lot of problems, there's a lot of things I need to sort out, and that's not a reason to despair either because we because of what we're remembering today that jesus died in our place that he did what we couldn't do for ourselves um and so remember that grace is grace that saves us um and so it's a good opportunity at communion a little bit like you'll probably every so often go and check your bank statement or you'll check the oil in your car um, to kind of do that on a kind of spiritual level uh, to look in and some things that you might want to think about as you do that are uh, what have you done or thought um, that maybe God isn't pleased with um, this week. Um, but also, it's not just about what we um, what we have done that we shouldn't have done, but also what things maybe have I not done that I should have, um, and what else might God be showing me that needs to change in my life. So it's a really good, you know, I encourage you to think about those questions as we head towards communion, um, and it's a really good opportunity to do that. And as uh, Michael Green, uh, I should say, this is not, original these are not original ideas from us this little book from corinth uh to corinth um, where we got most of the ideas from but in that michael green says something really helpful he says no man takes a meal with filthy hands he washes first and no man should take the supper of the lord without self-examination repentance and cleansing so that's why we must look in and i think that's something we can easily neglect actually when we come to communion we can and squeeze it in at the end of the service um but actually we want to give space to look in so I encourage you to do that today um over to you Paul
0: so our third area is called look up and that's hinting at what we've already touched upon though it's a celebration that Jesus is alive we're celebrating a hero that's alive not one that's dead or in the past and he's also one that hasn't left us on our own the um my connect group will not be surprised what i'm going to quote this verse because i've been using it throughout the pandemic really to help us to look up from john 14 that jesus promises us the holy spirit to be our helper that we're not left to do to do life on our own he says if you love me you will keep my jesus said if you love me you will keep my commandments and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive." because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that's our opportunity at communion, to invite the Holy Spirit in again to fill us, because we're, we're, uh, we're kind of leaky buckets, and we need the Holy Spirit in our lives every day. And the communion is just a really special time to invite the Holy Spirit in. I know some of us have been following phil moore's daily devotional and i, I caught one on him on uh, thursday or friday where he quoted from this guy called andrew murray now uh, phil moore is from wimbledon i don't think he was quoting from andy murray the tennis player i think he was <laughs> quoting from another andrew murray but andrew murray was somebody who wrote about 100 years ago and he, uh, phil was unpacking this idea of why do sometimes we find it difficult to invite the holy spirit in and andrew murray says it's because the Holy Spirit and our sort of will and our independence can't coexist it's either or not both act and. and he he talks about it. he says people have written loads and loads about it but actually it comes down to are you going to let the Holy Spirit be in control or are you staying in control so uh, I'm not going to unpack it any anymore that I think it is a, a challenge but uh, it's it's really hard on one level but actually to articulate it is quite simple it is that battle between our will and allowing the Holy Spirit in so take the opportunity at communion to it's a bit linked to uh, what Ruben was just talking about self reflection to actually think am I are there bits of my life that I'm still not letting God into do I need to ask you Holy Spirit to be in charge of this bit I've let you into some bits but not other bits see if God prompts you about other bits that other parts of your life that uh, you need to let him in to be in control
1: Reuben right yeah um so we've looked back we've looked in we've looked up and then fourthly we look around um, so i think it's helpful to say communion isn't just a kind of me and god moment it's not just a kind of vertical thing there's a kind of uh, it's us and god together we uh, look around um, and we normally if we were you know before um the pandemic if we were in the building we would be able to look around uh, look each other in the eyes as we share it together um, and if you read uh, the rest of uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it's really clear that the context um, is uh, that Paul is writing into is that the Corinthians, they should have been sharing it with one another, but they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that very well. The people who were poor and hungry uh, came in poor and hungry and left poor and hungry as well. People who came in rich with plenty, uh, they just got drunk, actually, if you read uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, and so they should have been sharing it but they weren't and that's why Paul uh, writes these words actually because they uh, failed to look around uh, in fellowship and so communion isn't just a reminder of what God has done to save me Uh, it's a reminder of what Jesus has done to uh, unite us together uh, to bring us into God's family actually Um, and so it's a feast of unity um, we're united with God but we're also united with one another um that we're not just friends but jesus has made us uh, family we have the same holy spirit uh, within each of us and so that uh, actually creates a challenge really i think um so how can we eat that meal of unity if actually we're not united with the people that we're um we're having it with um whether that's virtually or or in person um and i think that um yeah, that we really need to think about that if we're having that, this feast of unity but we're not united then we're living a lie we're not really uh doing what communion is actually about and so i think actually reconciliation is even more important than taking communion when jesus is um talking in matthew chapter 5 he's talking about uh, anger and he's talking about offering a gift an altar and i think this also applies to communion and he says this is uh, matthew chapter 5 jesus says if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your, that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And I would suggest that's the same with communion. Actually, don't take communion today if you're unreconciled with someone else in the church. If you have broken relationships with someone, fix that before you have this feast of unity. Um, so really let that sink in how much God values the unity of his people, that we are a family together. And if there are broken relationships in the family, then fixing those is even more important than remembering, I think, what Jesus has done. So, yeah, if that's you, I'd really encourage you to to reflect on that and to maybe um, seek that reconciliation before you, uh, before you do that. Um, but also more positively, I think communion can also be uh but it's made to be shared and then it's a great opportunity to look round in fellowship and to enjoy fellowship uh, with one another uh, with the family of God the Paul
0: okay we're on to number five I hear the click of the word so we we talked about touched upon earlier didn't we this idea of remembrance and looking back and then there was this verse in so those verses at the start of the passage in 23 and 24 and 25 are looking back and about remembrance and then there's this amazing verse in 26 where it says for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes Um, which is an amazing verse and uh but it's might get you to scratch your head as well and think well hang on what does that mean And, and and what are we proclaiming and what's him coming back mean and how can somebody who's dead do that Uh, all sorts of questions that might go through your head Um, and in summary Paul's trying to indicate there that Jesus is coming back and he's going to draw heaven and earth together so that all the mess in the world gets sorted out not just our personal mess all those injustices in the world that we see all the time on the TV or that have happened throughout history God sorts it all out it's a mystery we don't understand how he does that entirely but he does sort it all out um hang on this is still a bit confusing Paul what's, what's this heaven and earth coming together and what's the kingdom of God and how's it breaking out then and doing it now and did it do it in the past what's, what's, what is all this this is really quite um, confusing well there are these guys called the Bible project who are much better at explaining this than me and also it's more visual so it makes it a bit more interesting <laughs> so we're going to watch a video about heaven and earth and this concept of God they were at one time United then they got separated by sin and now God's in the process of bringing them back together again and communion is a part of that um, and then how that continues so tech guys here to do them do their stuff
2: But here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact
3: space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die, but... This idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that.
2: Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's go back
3: to the beginning where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping.
2: Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation, and and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world, and so on.
3: But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out, and we wanted to create a world apart from him.
2: Yeah, so we have these two spaces now, and the Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a a clear distinction.
3: So you've said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works.
2: Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth
3: uh, overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other
2: But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the
3: ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this?
2: Yeah, the the idea is this. to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation, and God's space and human space completely overlap once again. So, in the Bible, the I next you see. I told you they could explain it better than me,
0: <laughs> but it's a pretty amazing video, isn't it? And uh, I, I just love the way it's really clear and uh, the uh, the imagery, but. I think the most important thing for us today is that communion is about looking forward and looking forward to that to two points one that end point where I see some people around the room were put their there was uh cheering when that image of uh the the new heaven and the new earth came up and the heaven and earth were joined together and that's that's for the future yes we celebrate that but actually now in communion we celebrate that the kingdom of God is breaking out now as we share in the resurrection power of Jesus that's amazing and and I'll just take take the time now maybe in your household or the zoom chat afterwards once you've taken communion that image of Jesus break the kingdom of God breaking out in the in the mess of today whatever that is for you whether that's something in your household or with your friends whether it's a restoration of relationship that you need or your health or maybe you feel your heart to pray for things around the world like what's going on in India and just the real trauma in India at the moment with with the with the COVID Uh, whatever it is Tap into that resurrection power. I really encourage you to do that as we take communion, as we pray together. Um, some of us were on a call earlier this week with Carol Bostock where she talks really helpfully about beauty from ashes, and that Jesus exchanges the ashes. He takes on our ashes and the sin and the mess of the world, and we get beauty in exchange. That's sort of another way of putting it. I just thought that was a uh, making that connection there. That what we were talking about earlier in the week on the prayer ministry call is actually exactly what we're talking about now it's that same thing it's that exchange of the the mess for something good and the, there's hope in the world because of Jesus and that's what we're celebrating today good
1: great yeah that's amazing amazing video um and yeah so the last our last point um the last look is uh look out um so and it really uh picks up on what paul was just saying from that video uh you saw the kind of the little pockets of god's kingdom uh springing up in, in the world um, and this is how that happens basically um communion uh propels us out uh to serve uh the world we're sent out to be Jesus' hands and feet uh, to a broken and needy world and so as we remember what jesus has done to make us uh, his people um yeah, we are. We are challenged to kind of go and go and, um, tell people about that. Go and share that. Go and uh, make that a reality in the world. Um, the apostle Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians says about uh, as often as as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And uh, that word "proclaim" is the word that's often used in Acts and in other parts of the Bible for telling people about Jesus. Um, and so, uh, as that video was saying, it reminds us of. Uh, Heaven and earth uh, overlapping uh, of Jesus' return uh, of jesus being the only way uh, to be saved Um, and so in his book michael green says that as um that essentially we we feed uh on uh, jesus at communion we get the fuel that we need uh, by remembering what jesus has done uh, in this way Um, and he says uh, christian people are challenged as they receive it as they receive communion uh, to go out and be his broken body here on earth all the bleeding, needy people they meet. Um, so that that's uh, an encouragement, I think, and a challenge uh, to go out, uh, whatever that looks like for us, uh, having kind of fed on on Jesus uh, to go out into the world, um, yeah, bearing His name and, and doing things that point the world uh, to Jesus and to what He's done. So there we go. So the six things uh, to remember from one Corinthians. Um, back to you,
0: Paul. Okay. Thanks, Ruden. So what we're going to do now is uh, take communion. So if you want to get that ready in your own home, um, or if you're in the building, there's uh, individual portions of bread and wine at the back that you can uh, you can uh, collect. But just so you understand how we're going to do this, so Reuben's going to pray for us in a minute. And then we'll take communion together, both here in the building and at home. And then the band are going to come back, and we're going to worship into that uh, to that moment of, uh, of, of, of from communion. And then Ian's going to uh, close the meeting and we'll move into the, the zoom chat and the opportunity as we said earlier for prayer rooms and we're praying together again really encourage you to pray into what we've been teaching about this morning I hope hoping that God has prompted you in your individual households about particular aspects of communion that you would like to pray into or from that be really good so let's let's take that now and uh, hand over to Reuben to to pray for us just take bread and wine
1: yeah great um so just before we do that i just wanted to um yeah remind us again what just what we're doing i know we've been talking about it all morning but um in matthew's gospel this is how uh, jesus describes the first uh, communion meal now as they were eating jesus took bread and after blessing it broke it and gave it to his to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins i tell you i will not drink of this drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom so just before i um before i pray, um i just wanted to leave uh, some space for uh, you to to do the things that we've been talking about to think about looking back at what jesus did uh, looking in uh, examining so I was looking up and remembering, looking around, uh, if you need to um yeah, seek reconciliation with someone uh first. So I just want to leave a bit of space for that, then I'll pray um and then we'll Jesus' body broken for us and the blood that and the wine that reminds us of his blood shed for us. We're sorry for the sinful thoughts and actions, the things we have not done or neglected. Maybe you want to think about what some of those things are now. Please help us to know your forgiveness and follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: So, as you're uh, maybe finishing doing that at your own home, the, the band are going to come back and uh, they're going to have another time of sung worship, kind of expressing our thanks to God and celebrating Jesus, who is alive and is at work in the world today, and he's coming back, which is all things worth celebrating.